It's all the files of the whole park. It tells you everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered. Since its inception, Google's Jigsaw, formerly known as Google Ideas, was a technology incubator with bold ambitions, countering some of the world's biggest existential problems with technology solutions. Like helping journalists from being DDoS attacked or going after ISIS and its online radicalization efforts with a digital ad campaign. Over the course of about two months, more than 300,000 people were drawn to the anti-ISIS YouTube channels. Searchers actually clicked on Jigsaw's uh, suggested ads three or four times more than a typical ad campaign. About 9% of those who were presented with the information clicked on it. It's fair to say that thus far, all of the publicity surrounding the company has made it out to be its corporate overlord's do-gooder enterprise. Meanwhile, Google employees of late have been none too happy with their employer. Thousands of employees walked out of Google offices in more than 40 locations around the world today, protesting the company's handling of sexual misconduct claims. This week, we've got motherboard ace Lorenzo Franceschi Bicirai on the pod to talk about his months-in-the-making investigation into Jigsaw's workplace culture. Turns out, behind closed doors, Jigsaw isn't what it's cracked up to be. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. So, Lorenzo, you're, you know, you're deep in the InfoSec game. You obviously get lots of tips and lots of sources coming to you with information. How did you first uncover this story about Jigsaw? Hmm. Good question. I've been following Jigsaw for a while now, um, probably like five or six years, uh, because I always thought that they were a very interesting company. And for those of you who haven't heard about Jigsaw, uh, Jigsaw is basically a think tank slash incubator within Google that uh, does both studies and creates products to essentially make the internet better. Uh, so we're talking about you know anti-censorship products, um, VPNs for communities at risk, like you know Iranians or Chinese people. Um, stuff like, you know, research on um, extremism online, uh, disinformation and stuff like that. So basically, this is a company that has a very sort of amazing public profile. I mean, whenever I've heard about Jigsaw, it's always been advertising itself as this like internet savior. Yeah, pretty much. That, that is a very good way to put it. And uh, ever since they were born, which is 2010, so almost 10 years ago, at, the, at that time they were called Google Ideas, but it's the same group. It got rebranded to Jigsaw in 2015 or 16 when um, Google uh, reorganizes Alphabet. Yeah, they've always been in the news for their very out there projects. And by out there, meaning like idealistic and, you know, overly positive projects. You know, no one argues that trying to find solutions to... DDoS attacks against journalists is bad. Uh, that is a great initiative. And they have done some good work. Uh, but what we heard a few months ago was that behind the scenes, you know, within the team, within the company, people were actually very unhappy. And a lot of people had left over the years, um, you know, for various reasons. And obviously we can't say that everyone has left because they hated working there. But there's definitely a large chunk of people who left because of that reason. And moreover, Google at large has known that the team has been mismanaged and uh, employees have had complaints for years. And as far as we can tell, Google hasn't done anything about it. So basically what you're saying is you found that this company that's revered publicly 
behind closed doors actually is this sort of fratty, mismanaged, its employees have serious issues with the workplace culture. And, you know, let's also, to bring this back to cyber, this is a company that that works with international governments as well. They work with international governments. They partner with NGOs that do, that do a lot of interesting InfoSec work, like Citizen Lab, for example, uh, Access Now. Basically, any NGO that you can think of that does any digital rights or internet activism work, they've partnered with or at least tried to. So this is something you heard rumors of for a little while. And I mean, did this pick up steam right around the time of, let's say, some of the the emerging Me Too reporting that had happened? There may be some Me Too stories we don't know about. Uh, We don't have any evidence of it. Uh, The story is more about toxic workplace culture, um, poor management, uh, people that feel like their projects are going nowhere. Um, also, there's, there was definitely a widespread feeling that the priorities of the management was to get press and get good PR rather than actually do good work. There's a case that we discussed in the story where Jigsaw partnered with uh, Citizen Lab uh, in 2017 for something called the Security Planner. And uh, this is a, an actually really good initiative where they created a website that teaches people how to think about security and how to think about protecting themselves online. Um, but there was a little bit of a controversy at the end of that project before it was launched because apparently uh, Jared Cohen, who is the CEO of Jigsaw and um, the person who's uh, headed it since the beginning, um, was angry about the fact that um, Jigsaw's logo was not going to be on the homepage of the Security Planner project and sort of got mad about it and um at some point, um, you know, fought with Citizen Lab or someone at Jigsaw about this. And uh, our sources were like, you know, it felt like this was basically Cohen saying, it's not worth helping people if we don't get credit for it. And this is just an example, like all my sources pretty much echoed this sentiment. Everyone feels very icky about Cohen's focus on PR. Uh, there is a wall outside of his office at the Jigsaw office with... Um, like framed newspaper and magazine clips about coverage that Jigsaw has gotten, which, you know, I'm sure it happens in other places. I don't have any evidence that it happens at Google. It's kind of weird. And most importantly, the employees there think it's weird. Like, you know, my opinion doesn't matter. People who work there think it's really weird that they just talk about press coverage all the time. And who is Jared Cohen? My name is uh, Jared Cohen. I'm the CEO of Jigsaw, which is one of the Alphabet companies, and I also work as a chief advisor to Alphabet's executive chairman. Uh, But more than that, I'm just really interested in the nexus of geopolitics and technology, something which I think has been converging for more than a decade, and we're finally in this moment where everybody's waking up. Jared Cohen started his career in the Condoleezza Rice State Department. So the Bush, the Bush administration. So the Bush administration, and then uh, stayed when Hillary Clinton took over after Obama won his first uh, election. Um, and then in 2010, uh, when he left uh, the State Department, he was tapped to head this new cool thing at Google, which was Google Ideas. The idea behind Google Ideas um, was essentially to look at some of the biggest security challenges in the world through the lens of technology. And at the time, um, before our team had um, proper engineering resources, before we became a technology organization, um, we were really just trying to understand these threats. 
uh, and think about how technology played a role in them and um, how that affected the company's decision-making. I don't know exactly how this came to be, uh, but basically it sounds like Eric Schmidt, who at the time was Google's CEO, uh, told Jared, hey, do you want to have a team within Google? It's going to be sort of a think tank within Google to you know, uh, tackle all these amazing and these really tough challenges. And when Google Ideas was started, it was a very small team. Um, when it started, they didn't even have an engineers. Um, so it was really bootstrapped by Cohen and a couple of other people that are still there. Um, and it quickly grew, although it's never been bigger than 50 or 40 people. So, you know, for Google, this is still a small team, a small initiative, but they've gotten so much good press over the years. Um, you know, if you Google Jigsaw on, in Go- on Google News, uh, you'll find all kinds of, uh, you know, magazine articles, uh, um, news articles talking about their initiatives. Uh, so it's a case of just this company being a lot of bark, but not really much bite. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that too. Like even people within Jigsaw, both current and former employees, have told us that they feel that they haven't really achieved much in 10 years. And to be fair, these are problems that are really hard to solve. Like, they almost seem impossible problems. Yeah, actually, that's, one, what's, that's exactly what our, what our sources said. Like these are impossible problems to solve, so measuring progress and measuring success is really hard. So we shouldn't be too tough on them for this because they deserve credit for at least trying, right? Facebook doesn't have a team like this. Apple doesn't have a team like this. Microsoft doesn't have a team like this. At the very least, they're making a difference, even if probably it's pretty small. What were some of the more shocking revelations that you found from this story when you were doing it? We can't discuss overly specific uh, stories because our sources were very careful. Um, they were all worried about getting either sued or, you know, retaliated against uh, if they were. Which kind of says you says you a lot of stuff about what Google. Yeah, that that says a lot already. But uh, most stories were like managers taking credit for their employees' work, inappropriate comments in during meetings, uh, dismissive comments toward um, populations and people that are actually, in theory, the targets of their work. So you know, minorities or people in the Middle East, you know, people in Africa, stuff like that. Um, A general, like, lack of awareness, I guess, for stuff that they actually should be uh, more careful with. So it's it's a lot about, a lot of these, like, little things that overall make you think that the people who lead the team don't really know what they're doing. And company brass was not particularly good to women either. Yes, there is something we talk about in the story that's basically at some point uh, over the last few years, um, so many women like felt uh, mistreated and undervalued that sometimes they would like cry in the bathrooms. Jesus. And um, at some point it would happen so often that the women at Jigsaw put in the bathroom sort of like a, a kit to like recover after crying. So like, you know, moisturizing cream, uh, mascara and other like stuff to essentially hide the fact that you cry during work and go back to your desk without anyone noticing. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
I gotta say, when I when I think about Jigsaw and I think about the CEO, I think to myself, you know, this is a company that has all of the telltale signs of having connections to the Beltway, to the intelligence community. Do you think that, is that an allegation that has been thrown around? It's definitely something that a lot of people in the NGO world have wondered about. And, and by that, I mean people that have worked either with Jigsaw or alongside Jigsaw or have, you know, have some awareness of Jigsaw. Uh, the fact that Cohen comes from, you know, the State Department and uh, one of his um, uh, right-hand people, Scott Carpenter, also is a former diplomat um, in the U.S. government, has always raised red flags uh, in some circles. And also there's, uh, and it's not just their, you know, it would be unfair to just point at their resume because, you know, just because you, you're in the State Department doesn't make you... CIA, for yeah. example. But there have been weird cases and weird uh, occurrences that are worth like pointing out. So, for example, in early 2018, Jigsaw hired the Crown Prince of Jordan for a job or an internship. They didn't call it an internship, but they hired him for three months uh, to work at Jigsaw as a security analyst. And uh, I'm not a Jordanian politics expert, but obviously Jordan is an important ally uh, to the United States in the Middle East. Um, it has a pretty good um, surveillance system within its country, and its intelligence apparatus is... Very tied to the American intelligence apparatus, yeah, that's for sure. and it's feared by some local Jordanians who have uh, had to, you know, have had their, like, publications uh, censored and stuff like that. And this was not known until we revealed it. And Jigsaw was very careful not to reveal this. Like, when they emailed um, the whole staff... Uh, saying, please welcome uh, the crown prince. He's going to start in a few weeks, blah, blah, blah. Uh, someone asked, is this confidential? And uh, the one of the managers was like, yeah, please, we'd rather keep this uh, confidential for now. And there was even like, I mean, this email was super weird. Like the, the email was like, um, he prefers to be called uh, Hussein, uh, and please don't mind his security detail outside of the Google office. <laughs> so it's like, we asked Jigsaw, like, why did you hire this person? What was he doing? Uh, what were his qualifications? And the response was, we cannot talk about employee matters. <laughs> Which is sort of a typical, it's a typical response when you don't want to talk about something and you need an excuse. Yeah, I mean, as I said, like, they did not announce it at the time. There's no, like, almost no public trail of it. And yet, and yet, they're still announcing it internally. I don't know exactly why they decided to announce it internally. I think employees would have noticed, first of all. Also, I think they wanted to preempt some internal controversy because the employees who were there at the time who told me about the Crown Prince of Jordan working there were all, like, confused. They were like, why is this guy working here? What's going on? Did he get a, a job interview? Uh, did he get the same job interview I got? Because... You know, as as people may know, uh, getting a job at Google is not easy. You have to go through a lot of uh, interviews. The process is long. It's complicated. It's it's you know it's pretty well known to be a very tough place to get a job at. Um, and I think at some point the I don't know if he was in an all ends meeting or in some internal communication, but one of the Jigsaw managers was like, yeah, yeah, he did get a, an interview. We interviewed him uh, in his helicopter on some trip, and people were like, what the well, does that mean? So yeah, we reported this a few months ago. So Google and Jigsaw reached out to a bunch of NGOs at some point last year, 
And they were like, we have a lot of uh, security keys made by Google that we would like to send to countries where there's a lot of uh, governments hacking dissidents and stuff. So the idea was to send them security keys um, to make the dissidents and human rights activists more secure. And um, once the NGOs responded saying, yeah, this sounds good, um, how can we help, or what can we do, Google sent them uh, an NDA that was like, you can, you know, you can receive this, you can send them to the countries around the world, but do not send them to North Korea, Iran, Syria, Cuba, and other countries. And obviously the reason for that is the sanctions regime in the U.S., but the NDA was also like, you cannot talk about the existence of these security keys with people there. And it's like, I'm not a lawyer and sanctions, you know, are very tough. I understand that. But this contributes to a lot of the NGO world being very skeptical of Jigsaw's actual intentions. And I guess you also have to ask yourself the question, like, this is like, Jigsaw is coming from a company like Google, which was hacked by China and still continued to pursue the Chinese market. Yeah, but to be fair, they did leave it for a long time, right? When when that happened, which was the so-called uh, Aurora uh, hack, they you know they left the Chinese market. They redirected their Chinese search engine to Hong Kong and stuff like that. And for years, they were basically like, "We'll never go back." But as we know, thanks to the Intercept's amazing scoops last year, they are. Back in China. Yeah, they're really thinking about it seriously now. And it's probably going to happen. Although it does seem that internal uh, protests and internal um, the internal strife that these revelations caused has at least slowed them down. It kind of begs the question, right? I mean, you know, you see how uh, many of the Google employees that were striking recently were striking because Google was violating its one of its top you know, tenets to not be evil. But... It, it, it's it's interesting because to me it, you see these this infrastructure that has become Google and has become these companies that like Jigsaw, and they're so big, they're so powerful, have so much money, they almost seem like state actors now. And when they, on the one hand, say like we're trying to like really be amazing on the internet and, and solve the internet's major problems like disinformation, online terrorism, et cetera, et cetera, and then on the one hand, they're, you know trying to get into the Chinese market, or just like the U.S., they're backing the Saudi regime, where, which sanctioned the decapitation and murder of a journalist. And then, you know, on the other hand, kind of preaching from this, this, this pedestal. I mean, A, it's, it's sort of this obvious hypocrisy that goes on in our society nowadays, but also shows just how powerful these companies are now that we actually can hold them to these standards. I mean, Jigsaw itself is basically sort of a diplomatic arm of Google. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's not how they would describe themselves. I don't know if anyone has ever described them that way, but... They're like the good newsmaker. They're like, you know, we're not so bad, guys. Yeah, and like, I mean, their head is literally a former diplomat. And um, they, you know, they do stuff that could be defined as diplomacy. You know, they go to Davos, they attend, like, meetings with other countries and governments, and, you know, they've had a a royal family member on their team. (laughs) It's just... That's the only one we know. (laughs) Yeah, and so it's, like, really, like, the the question is, what are you doing? What is the actual goal? And, you know, I I don't want to go all conspiracy theory here. I don't think there's, you know, I don't think they pass the data to the CIA. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's like what you were saying, that, now these companies like Microsoft and Google are so big that they basically can do or push their own foreign policy goals. It's insane. That's a good way to put it. Uh, you know, so one final question I want for you. This story doesn't scream Lorenzo, Franceschi Bicherai, 
in like the perfect way. Because, you know, usually you're reporting on hacks and breaches. But this is, you know, this is workplace culture. This is looking at Google and saying, you know, maybe they're not as good as everyone says they are. Why is this, was this so important to you as an InfoSec reporter to, to report this story? In general, at Motherboard and Vice, uh, writ large, we've been focusing a lot on labor issues, uh, labor in tech. And, uh, I mean, to me, this was another example of Google's um, reality behind the scenes, right? For years, uh, companies like Google and Facebook have looked have looked like havens of amazing um, working conditions. You know, they have free food. They have a bike, colorful bikes that you can use to walk around uh, and move around the campus. And in reality, it's their offices much like many others, right? With uh, bad bosses, uh, crappy working conditions and stuff like that. And, and also in this particular case, it was really like, you know, the public image that Jigsaw and Google uh, were projecting was so much different than the, the than the reality. Like in the story, we have um, a few quotes from an internal forum where women engineers at Google discuss Jigsaw. And at one point, one of them, a Jigsaw employee says, social justice is an issue within Jigsaw. You know, don't trust Jigsaw. Jigsaw is terrible. And it's like, this is the team that should actually get these kind of issues, right? They're they're basically going to design for it. Yeah, they're designing products for places like Iran and Syria and other countries where, you know, basic human rights are Being getting violated. violated and it seems like they're not respecting their own workers' rights. Well, thank you for checking your producer's hat at the door, being an interview, getting grilled by yours truly. Always a pleasure. We will be back next week. Thanks, man. This week's episode was recorded and edited by Dean White, produced by Lorenzo Franceschi Bicherai, and hosted by me, Ben Maku. You'll be hearing from us next week. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.